All right, so that brings us to the main event, and the main event was just unbelievable fight. My, my, you know, my personal pound for pound, you know, fighter right now versus my all-time fighter, my all-time favorite fighter, and Charles Oliveira taking on Dustin Poirier. Oliveira gets it done, uh, a submission victory, rear naked choke, cashing at plus one twenty on the money line. Uh, three to one odds to win by submission, plus one eighty seven to win inside the distance. The under two and a half rounds cash at minus one ten. Fight goes the distance. No, which took you know it looked like the yes took a ton of money because this fight goes the distance. No opened at like minus four hundred and it closed at minus two sixty. So fight goes the distance. No was actually a pretty valuable bet. And uh, with the win, Oliveira now improves to ten and zero since 2018 and a $100 better who is back to Bronx on the inside the distance prop in that stretch has turned a profit of $828. Lucky locks. Uh, What did you have on this one? And uh, tell me what you thought about it. So finally, I can say I did have something on this one. Uh, I had actually over one and a half in this fight. This opened on Betway at minus 138. I just thought that the price was a little weird. It was like minus 180 other places. So took a stab on that. I mean, with the way that we've seen these fights uh, in the main events, the five rounders hit the over lately. I thought, you know, we could probably trickle over one and a half rounds. And I was happy to get that one there. But yeah, man, what a fight. I mean, I feel like almost everyone in the community was on Charles as the dog here. And not often, you know, does the dog come through when it's like everybody's on that same play. So that was kind of cool to see. And and round one, I mean, Poirier was strong. The, the guy's big at 155. He hits really hard. There actually wasn't a huge disparity in volume between the two in that round, but obviously the heavier shots coming from Poirier, the knockdown, of course. Um, and yeah, like if I was a bookmaker in between rounds, I probably would have had had Poirier favor going into the next one. But little did Dustin know that you're actually supposed to knock Charles down in uh, round one. That's basically his secret to success. He just mm-hmm. comes back and beats you later in the fight. Um, but yeah, Charles recovered really well. I thought he did well to kind of pull Dustin into the clinch, pull him close and minimize any excess damage when he started getting hit really hard. Um, clearly, he didn't really care that much about getting hit hard early. I was like, holy crap, he's, uh, he's really going for it here. Um, but yeah, you just knew Charles wasn't out of it after round one. He comes back, really dominates the second round. Basically, had control time for the whole entire thing. And And round three, man, you just know Dustin's going to give up the back at some point. And that's the thing with Charles. Like, you know, at least once he's going to get at just a dangerous, really good position. And if you can get out of it, then it's probably going to be a little easier for the rest of the fight. But he really only needs that one chance most of the time. And that's all he needed this time. And um, I feel for Dustin, man. It's a tough loss for him, but I'm really happy to see Charles win. It's a fighter that I really like. Um, The fighter that I wanted to see win, I'll be honest. I wasn't even really on the Charles train for this one. I kind of thought Poirier was rightfully like a slight favorite, but I, I just couldn't get, I obviously didn't want to lay any chalk here in this one because you lay chalk against Oliver and you get burned. That's just the way it works. Um, and I did kind of want to see Charles win just as a fan as well, but yeah, really good fight, man. It definitely delivered for the last pay-per-view of the year and, uh, you know, made money on it. So I, I can't complain. It was a really good fight and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome event. Awesome way to cap off the year. Yeah, I was completely content. Uh, you know, me and Liam did a video last weekend, and I, I said, you know, uh, I can't call who wins. And I picked on my tapology before.
and I'm a massive, massive fan as a fighter, as a person, just in general. But he, uh, you know, you like I said, and watch, we, we might never get at that kind of price that we got tonight on uh, Charles Oliveira. Uh, so yeah, Liam, uh, what did you have? What did you think about this one? Yeah, man, this was the, uh, you know, John Anik likes to say the fight around which the, uh, or excuse me, the athlete around which the fight card was built. And for me, the uh, the athlete around which my betting slate was built tonight uh, was Charles Oliveira. Uh, biggest bet of the card for me, 2.5 units on the money line, Charles Oliveira uh, at plus 140 and plus 145 respectively. Um, so was able to beat some closing lines there. Additionally, uh, locked in one unit on the inside the distance at plus 210. Uh, also beat some closing line there. And Charles Oliveira by sub, uh, plus 310. Only regret was that I didn't go deeper on this play. I, I kind of thought that, you know, Charles might knock him out here. Um, and I thought that he was going to be committed to trying to do so. You know, so I was a little bit scared. But the fight kind of played out similar to my expectations. I thought that basically the game script was going to be exactly what happened on a little bit faster of a timetable. You know, I thought Charles was going to get the sub with the rear naked choke in round two ends up having to fight his way into the third round. But I thought that Charles uh, rounds one, two, three on the prop market was good as well. I thought that that was a lot of where his win condition was tied up. You know, I still think it's possible Poirier could have worked his way into that fight uh, and even snuck out a win. You know, if he was able to survive till round four, kind of like in the hooker fight where he wins, um, you know, the late rounds to come back. I feel like that was on the table here. Uh, but Charles is just too dangerous, man. And he had more paths to win this fight. Um, he's more dangerous in every position. Uh, in, in fact, if you look at their careers historically, it's Charles Oliveira who's, who's gotten more knockdowns um, for, for strikes landed than Dustin Poirier, in fact. So it's like this guy in, in every way is lethal. Um, and I just, I've always rated his submission grappling as uh, being one of the most underlooked uh, tools in the sport, you know, and I went back, uh, my analysis said the same thing. This guy has been at, at crazy plus money tags to win inside the distance, to win by submission. And most recently his KO lines have been like plus 900, plus 800, plus 650 whatever it is, and he's cashing them at those ridiculous plus numbers as well. So this guy has just been a prop better's dream. Um, I think that fight doesn't go the distance. One of the best bets on the card here. Uh, I was very grateful. You know, I, I cashed a parlay tonight um, on fights not to go the distance. It was only a quarter unit shot or, uh, excuse me, maybe a half unit shot. Um, and it was Nunez uh, and Pena, Charles and Dustin, uh, Priscilla and Jillian and Bruno and Jordan, right. Uh, all those fights not to go the distance. Uh, and so that was 0.5 units paid out at plus 240. Um, and I just thought that as parlay pieces this week, fights not to go in the main and co-main were like no brainers for me. Uh, I also thought that Bruno Silva by KO, you know, the odds makers were too hip to it. So you just got to look for, um, parlay pieces or like I did, I, I played some Bruno, um, rounds one and two. So I, I felt like the way to target this fight was from a prop perspective, largely speaking, I felt like both fighters most likely path to win was inside the distance here. Um, and oh, yeah. I thought that it was Poirier who would probably take over late based on cardio considerations if it was to make it there. 
but I really felt like both these guys, natural finishers, and they get finished when they lose. So just struck me as a, as a fight doesn't go um, pretty clearly. Yeah, uh, as far as, you know, as far as Oliveira goes, uh, I'm just trying to pull up the tweet here. Um, I tweeted it out. He's just been an absolute monster. A uh, $100 better who's back to Bronx on the inside to dis- on the inside the distance prop across his last 10 fights, $828. Uh, you're up. And then I, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but if I... I remember, oh yeah, I do have it. $100 better who's backed Oliveira on the inside the distance prop over the last 10 years, dating back to 2012, is up $1,185 with something ridiculous, like an 18 and, I think it was like 18 and, now it's 19 and 5 or something like that, or 19 and 4. Crazy, just, you know, when he wins, he wins by stoppage, except for when he you know when he annihilates tony ferguson uh when he 30 26 uh tony ferguson but yeah um uh, what i'll say about this fight i thought dustin looked to be hitting him hard really early but it looked a lot worse than it was and uh the broadcast made a very rare good point uh about the optics uh the way that it it looks way worse when Oliveira gets hurt uh, but when Oliveira hits Poirier, it's not exactly the same. Poirier absorbs damage a lot better as far as, you know, through the eyes of the judges. Now, with that said, if there was ever a question about Charles Oliveira's chin, he answered it by going toe-to-toe with, you know, Dustin Poirier, something that Conor McGregor really couldn't do. Uh, Oliveira is really good at utilizing elbows and knees in close to get out of danger when Poirier was, you know, starting to close in in the pocket and Poirier was landing big, but Charles was kind of just leaning on going to those knees, that jumping knee and those swinging elbows. Uh, And then Poirier is a really good closer, but Charles was just doing a really good job of clogging up the lanes and answering back. And uh, it seemed like it was all Dustin after one, but Oliveira did a really good job of just answering back in the second round uh, I don't know what was up with that. Uh, I don't know what was up with that close guard uh, in the second round. While Oliveira was just slashing him with elbows, it seemed like you know uh, Poirier talked about it in the post fight. He said he didn't want to take a chance of getting caught trying to get back up, uh, so he was just sitting in the close guard. I don't know if that was a good call. Uh, and then I feel like the fight really started to turn at that point, and Poirier was just sitting in guard, uh, closed with the, the, that leg tri- triangle, and I don't understand. Um, I, I just don't understand what that was about. And, uh, yeah, just an unbelievable bounce-back win for Oliveira. Uh, I know he did it in the third round, but I feel like he kind of turned around in the second round. And um, just th- these second rounds, he's had now this great second round against Poirier, great second round against Chandler, the, you know, the he absolutely annihilated Tony Ferguson. It feels like this guy has gone like, uh, yeah, as far as points goes 50, 44 in his last five second rounds. Um, last thing I'll say, but before I throw it to you guys, it's almost as if Oliveira is walking into the fire now intentionally just to show people, just to show his doubters, uh, the ones that question him, if he could take a punch or if he would wilt under pressure, 
if if you know to show them that they're wrong and he loves walking into the fire and i since uh i feel like since he's made that choice to walk into the fire he's that's when it's changed kind of like uh, with that kevin lee fight it, it kind of he he changed when he decided like i can take these punches and uh that just brings me to my next point i'll get your opinion on it um it's super intriguing uh you know, we saw Oliveira was able to last against Chandler. We saw what Gaethje was able to do to Chandler, but not put him away. That makes for an interesting narrative. Uh, I'll put you guys on the spot with uh, Lucky Locks first. Uh, who do you got uh, first take on Oliveira versus Chandler? Or sorry, Oliveira versus Gaethje. Um, I got to go Oliveira there. I mean... The thing about Gaethje, I mean, you brought it up. I mean, Gaethje had three rounds with Chandler, couldn't put him away, and uh, Oliveira iced him in the second round early. So not that that uh, is necessarily indicative of, of success in the next fight, but, I mean, I know it was it, – it's a Habib, right, when we're talking about Gaethje and the grappling thing, but he really just didn't look good down there. And uh, I just feel like he's going to get hit hard again early like this, but like I said, man, Charles get, – he get, gets at least one. At least once a fight, he gets a really dangerous position – where he's really good, and I feel less confident in Gaethje being able to get out of it than I did with Dustin Poirier. So I feel like if Charles just gets that one uh, that one back take or or maybe he gets mounted at some point, I just feel like it's going to be over. And uh, I, th- I think Charles probably finishes Gaethje too. That would be my lean. <laughs> yeah, uh, Liam, what do you think? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to rotogrinders.com. I'm going to take the preview article that I wrote for this one. I'm going to hit copy, and then I'm going to hit paste, and then I'm going to bet all the same units on Charles Oliveira. If he's an underdog, we're going fucking sizzler, boys, because Justin Gaethje, for all the great things that he does, he can win that fight, um, but he's a very big public darling, um, and I I was not impressed by his grappling in the Khabib fight. I could I could leave it there to to be mild. Um, I, I think that Charles is levels above him on the the grappling front, and I think that the reason Chandler had difficulties um, grappling to success with Justin Gaethje is because he was already um, you know compromised. He doesn't have the right body type for it, uh, and he has a very traditional American style of wrestling, um, which is the same case for Justin Gaethje. I, I think that the, the grappling transitions we saw tonight out of Oliveira are exactly what he will need to do. Uh, taking the back is critical, but I do think that Gaethje is going to find himself flummoxed by what to do. Uh, he's very comfortable, very adept, student of the striking game. I think he's just going to get exposed by somebody who's a world-class grappler in Charles Oliveira. Yeah, that's an that's another fight that there is not a chance in reality that that fight goes the distance. There is no way that Oliveira Gaethje goes the distance. Someone is getting finished in that one. Uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, Oliveira Oliveira versus Habib. You know, if you know if the MMA gods could bless us there is still a very slight chance a one percent chance that that could still happen uh but it won't it likely won't uh but yeah Oliveira Gaethje will go exactly like Habib Gaethje went in my opinion uh 
I feel like though, with that said, I feel like Oliveira is a better striker than Habib and Gaethje had a lot of success beating up Habib's leg in that fight. That won't happen. Uh, yeah, I, I got to go with Gaethje. Uh, sorry, I got to go with Oliveira and I will be absolutely stunned and I'll be pleasantly stunned if Oliveira comes in as the underdog in that matchup. Because is he just going to be the underdog in every fight as the champion? <laughs> like I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Al Mack, from your lips to God's ears, brother, let's keep doing it. Do it again, guys. Uh, get Let's get another narrative about how he, he's going to quit in the next one. Uh, or he got hurt in this one, so he's going to die in the next one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move on to the look ahead. I just want to get your opinion, Liam, because you got you know credentials in this. Uh, first of all, I didn't. Uh, they mentioned the thing about pulling his glove. Uh, Poirier said that he didn't feel Oliveira pulling his glove. Uh, Lucky Locks, did you did you see anything with that? Did you think that he was Oliveira was pulling Poirier's glove? I mean, I heard them talking about that, but uh, I I didn't notice it really when I was watching live. I mean, maybe if I watched it back and and really paid attention, I would have seen. But uh, yeah, it didn't really come to my attention when I was watching the fight live. Liam, what did you think? I also did not see this uh, while I was watching live. Uh, also, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I didn't have the commentary um, you know, very loudly available to me, so oh, I yeah. make my True. own impressions of these fights. So, yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually see that. Uh, I'll go back and revisit it. You know, uh, if he did, it's a dirty, rotten cage fight, guys. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got eye gouged uh, earlier in the night. You know, <laughs> people aren't here to make friends and uh, warm people's feelings. You know. Yeah, and like typical Dustin Poirier, he was just like, no, I didn't feel it. Like he just straight up denied that he would have done it. Uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask your opinion, Liam, before we move on. What was up? Uh, you know, you're able to speak on this better than I am. What do you think was up with Poirier sticking in, you know, sitting in guard uh, with Oliveira in the second round? Yeah, that was a pre-fight decision, in my opinion, from the camp, um, which is a shame uh, on them, honestly. Uh, I don't think that's a great strategy, but I think they just know their guy. Um, Dustin gets discouraged when he encounters failure, uh, like in the octagon. And I don't mean like adversity, right? He's fine with, I hit you, you hit me. It's when he can't get things going. It's when he starts to experience like real noticeable failure. I try and get out. I can't, I try and do this. I can't. He, you could see it, like, drain the enthusiasm from his face. And I thought that the Khabib fight was a perfect analog for what we would see here. And to avoid that, their strategy was, we get put in a bad spot, we do nothing, we, we concede the round. And the problem is, any momentum that he had in round one, he completely let, it, like, the air out of a bag, just gone, uh, lost all his momentum, and let Charles get a lot of it. So then Charles is like a, a house on fire coming out in round three. Like I just, you know, was easily able to take this guy down and work from his guard. I told people in the advance of this fight, you know, I thought Charles was going to win the fight inside the distance. I thought he'd win it early. I thought he'd win it by submission. But I said, it's not outside the realm that Charles wins this fight by decision. And I thought everybody else was saying so. But it's because I saw the Tony Ferguson performance where he just soundly outgrappled a guy who's supposed to be a decent enough wrestler and move from control position to control position effortlessly. I thought here 
it was going to, he was going to encounter more resistance, right? I thought Poirier was going to make him work, try and get back to his feet. And then if Charles then didn't have the ability to hold on to him, then he might be fucked. But instead he decides I'll I'll do nothing. Okay. Well, that was a bad strategy and that was borne out pretty clearly, you know, it gets dominated. I thought it was a 10, eight round. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but again, I was watching live round two biased as shit with Charles tickets in my pockets going, this guy didn't do anything the whole round. He just got his face beat in from the bottom position. Like I didn't see much resistance at all or anything constituting meaningful offense from Dustin in that round until a couple of elbows from his back with like 10 seconds left. I was like, not enough, not enough. Uh, just baffling, baffling, bad decision. Yeah, it was very perplexing. Like someone, you know, who I think is one of the best fighters, one of the best lightweights of all time, in my opinion. It was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Locks, any final thoughts on the main event before we move on? Yeah, I think we pretty much uh, covered all the angles. Um, I just would say awesome fight, awesome last pay-per-view of the year. And uh, it was the the main event was good to a lot of people betting-wise. So can't, can't complain. Yeah, 